everybody. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's your boy, the leopard tamer, Stuart Wellington. Hey, Stuart. And with me is Mr. Energy himself, come on, light a fire, Dr. Death, Alexander Smith. How you doing, Alexander? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing really great. I'm dialing okay. it back a little bit. Just uh, oh, doing a. I'm taking a break this... from the character that I've cultivated on this show. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more like my cool, regular, normal self, and a little a little less like the weirdo uh, yelling strange guy at the beginning. I'm trying to think of a popular comedy podcaster that's like like a laid back, cool guy. But hmm. Thinking back on every possible comedy podcast character. They're all like super loud, uh, and so I'm breaking uh, new ground here for you, Stuart. Okay, well we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I hope you have a whole routine planned out. And joining I don't. Us I is, don't try hard at anything anymore. And joining us is our uh, our our third host is uh, what was your fucking nickname? Oh man, definitely come up with one, and I definitely totally has a nickname. I think it was definitely has a nickname. Definitely has a nickname. That uh-huh. was it. That was okay. It. Well, definitely I, I feel has a like nickname. It, I think I think it should be twenty four karat cool. Yeah. Let's well let's finish this introduction. Definitely has a nickname. Charlene Wellington. Hi. That's hi. me. Yep. Ooh, <laughs> so, that was a little that was a little loud. I thought that high. So we we got we got our introductions done. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you took Alex's rebuke, <laughs> and, and and Charlene literally backed away from the microphone. <laughs> As if it were, I don't know, uh, a spicy dish or something. <laughs> got a, li- got a uh, little spice, too. Don't spice shame. Me. Got a little too hot for the vibe <laughs> here tonight. So we, so we got our introductions done. Hey, Char, why don't we, uh, why don't we deal with the uh, this issue that's going on over in Kentucky? Hey, what's going on with you, uh, Doctor Def? Why are you so sad? I'm not sad at all. I'm just mellowing out, man. I'm just doing a much more mellow intro to the show. Just. Uh, just hoping is it, that is it the time of year? Are you still uh, still uh, still riding that tryptophan high? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. From all the from all the from all the turkey you ate, mm. you know. We yeah. really like to celebrate holidays after the fact on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What? Uh, just curious. Uh, and again, I'm 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 talking in a low, cool voice uh, that is very chill. This is the way I am uh, in real life. I'm wow, not... he he's he's pretty good at improv, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we haven't said the title of the of our podcast yet, by the way. Which is okay. Um, well, uh, I thought we were going to do one of those things where they watch the whole movie and then at the end. Some dude makes like a joke, and then the fucking title hits. And the he road. goes, "I guess that was our final destination." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Tony Todd comes out, and he's like, "Bazinga!" <laughs> no, uh, I. Uh, so this is this is your mom's fourth favorite music podcast. Till T D D U P. Till death do us party. Teed up. Uh, yep, teed up. Uh, so, uh, it's good to see you again, Charlene. Welcome, oh, yeah. <laughs> welcome partners. Welcome, Charlene. Welcome, Stuart. 
<laughs> see how long, Thanks. See how long Thanks we can... Thanks for keeping us on the track there, buddy. Uh, yeah. Is this a podcast where we say hello to each other a lot? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, uh, that Nick Kroll, uh, Jack Mullaney show, right? Oh, yeah. Where they just keep saying, saying hi to each other a bunch. What? Hello again, I believe I'm it's assuming. called, right? I haven't seen it, but... Yeah. Uh, I can't afford those Broadway tickets. Nope. Too many tuna is what it's called. Um, so, uh, what's going on, buddy? Do you, uh, so we've we've already cr- let's go down our list. Uh, it's not too much toiky. <laughs> Uh, so what, what next? What's next? Did you, uh, did you, did you watch one of those commercials with the sick animals? No, I, I, I think you're confusing, uh, my, my cool, mellow demeanor for me being sad for some reason. And I'm not, I'm just chilling, man. It's not, it has nothing to do with sadness at all. <laughs> uh, you're just chilling, man. <laughs> it's, you know who was I, just chillin man i think you may have gotten too used to my uh on podcast persona because the, he, you the should know is, pretty well that this very mellow cool style where i don't care as much about stuff is uh that's my actual real life way of, you, of living alex you it's my real life was, persona you know who's just laid back and not caring that much a guy named Eeyore, right? And we all know what happened to him. Eeyore right? cares too he, much, doesn't he? He gets invited that... lots of places with his friends, and they Eeyore? have a wonderful time. Yeah. Are we talking about the same guy? They're his friends. Yeah, they always invite him. I I haven't talked to I haven't told any <laughs> of you guys this, but Rabbit always kind of remind me of my great aunt Vonda. <laughs> <laughs> Because my great aunt Vonda lived on a farm, and Rabbit kind of lived on a farm, so I kind of thought that Rabbit was always like designed after my great aunt Vonda, which is crazy, I'll admit. But I think it's st- it's still possible. Well, Rabbit does kind of feel like an old lady that lives on a farm, right? Is Rabbit a lady? I don't even know. I mean, in my head, it's my unmarried aunt Vonda. Yeah, great aunt that, Vonda who lived on a farm. Oh, I know Vonda well, but that yeah, that makes sense. That makes uh that I, I can see that. I can really see that. A little sh- little shaggy, little uh little little on her own. <laughs> yep, that's how I describe my aunt Vonda as being kind of shaggy. My mm-hmm. other good story about my aunt Vonda is uh, <laughs> she was in the army uh, when she was younger, and she. Uh, she had uh she was being pursued by a young suitor and that young suitor who was also in the military uh ended up giving her his jacket and she was not interested in him but she kept the jacket and that young man's name is Tony Bennett the singer <laughs> what yep did she keep his jacket yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it wow. was like his like service jacket or whatever People keep those forever. Mm-hmm. He probably wanted so that. So I can't wait till Tony Bennett writes in and he's like, "Dude, where's my fake jacket? Me, fake yeah, news. where's my jacket? <laughs> he's gonna want that jacket back." Yeah, Lady Gaga all right in complaining that that story's wrong. Who uh, is Tony? Who is Tony Bennett in the in the Winnie the Pooh universe? <laughs> is he like uh, 
Let's see who is there. Is there like a is there like a cool There's dude who like, who's like he probably he's closest to Tigger. I, probably. That's right? fucking insane, dude. Tony Bennett is Tigger. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel Robin. like anybody anybody nobody comes off as like a as a performer or a or you know nobody has any aspirations of stardom except for Tigger. So. You know what's weird is that Christopher Robin's like a little boy, right? And he he's kind of always portrayed as the the responsible one, which is crazy cuz he's just a little boy. Yeah. Like he's definitely a minor. It's just playing into those stereotypes that humans are more responsible than animals, which is crazy. Like rabbit <laughs> has a farmhouse, right? That's true. It's true. They all have responsibilities. They all have like places where they live. They do jobs. They have to do chores. And Christopher Robin's just kind of sitting there, making up stories. And his like and parents. He's supposed everything. to be. He's supposed to be the the one who knows everything. That is interesting. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, this obviously is not a Winnie the Pooh cast. <laughs> oh man! If only uh, this is a Def Lep cast. So we uh, and we're deep in it, aren't we? We are deep in adrenaline. So let's get pumped up because we are in side B of the cassette tape Def Leppard's Adrenalize. and we are at one of their big singles. Alex, we're at one of their big hits. Yep. Hey guys, who do you think is the chillest? Uh, member of the Winnie the Pooh clan. I mean, it's fucking Eeyore, dude. I already said that. <laughs> he's not chill at all. What he's not chill. He's he cares way too much. He's got tons of anxiety. He, hates, he anxiety? hates himself. Yeah. He he doesn't want to do anything. Being chill is going with the flow, and Eeyore doesn't want to go with the flow at all. So you got so you got your your spectrum there. You got you got Eeyore on the one side who doesn't like anything and doesn't want to do anything, and you got Tigger on the other side who's a big tryhard who's not chill either because he wants to control everything and he wants to, you know, be the big star of everything. So I who's who? Who's think sitting who right the in the middle? Yeah, is Pooh I think chill. It's not. I'm trying it's not to decide. Fucking I mean, rabbit. Yeah, his, yeah. No, it's not. Rabbit's a fucking a... twisted up old queen. It's not. And Piglet is. <laughs> Piglet is awesome. <laughs> twisted up old <laughs> queen. What? <laughs> I, I think we're talking, I'm just about, talking about my aunt Vonda. I think we're talking about Vonda again. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, that's that's. I'm trying to decide if because in some ways, yes, Pooh is chill, but like. I don't know. I don't know if it. I don't know if it translates exactly to just someone being, uh, being cool and chill all the time. Because he I has mean, these he's, like he's pretty fucking easy, dude. I think you're yeah, thinking maybe. of Snoopy. I mean, Snoopy's the most <laughs> chill, except for the fact that you know he's killed people in war, right? I mean, war touches everyone. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. Charlene learned that from watching Netflix's The Punisher. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh so we're deep in def leps okay gonna... bit over i'm back dr def is back <laughs> and uh it's time to talk about adrenalize that was that yeah that was a backdoor pilot you like for, that you like uh, that bit i was doing poo cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll be going sentence through sentence through the winnie the pooh books <laughs> this is a sentence cast <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a character that I do that uh, that isn't very good at conversation. That's obsessed with Winnie the Pooh. 
<laughs> it's my new character. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of character who, like, works out his ideas in real time in yeah. front of everyone else. Yeah, exactly. That was all. That was part of the bit. It's, it's a cool character. I like it. Yeah. We all know that guy, you know? <laughs> you, you guys do. Uh, so, we are at track eight. Oh, yeah. On Def Leppard's... 1992, I keep forgetting if it's 92 or 91, but I think it's 92, album Adrenalize. And that song title is, Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad? Yeah, it should uh, it, it should have a question mark at the end of it, but it, but it doesn't, right? This is Def Lep's classic Torch song, right? It's, I mean, this, this is on our driving mix. It's on our driving mix. When Char and I were preparing for this episode, episode, my mistake. Uh, I'll let I that started, one slide. I started playing it on YouTube, and Charlene's like, "Oh, I listen to this every day. <laughs> every day. Our driving wow. mix has only three songs on it. Yeah, it's this Ambrosia. Uh, Ambrosia. <laughs> I mean, a song by the band Ambrosia, not the song named Ambrosia. That'd be crazy." Mm-hmm. And what's the third one? Tush oh. by ZC Top. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. <laughs> uh, do you want to do any lead-in for us, Alex? Or do we just want to fucking start that hot track? Nah, I don't think I want to do any uh, lead-in. I think people at this point have probably, uh, probably heard all they need to hear about the summary and the background <laughs> of, uh, yeah, about, of, of Adrenaline. I get it. And uh, and we're we're just on we're on track eight. <laughs> we're neck deep in this in this yep. piece is what we are, and uh, and it's time to start the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, it's weird. Uh, Charlene, uh, Doctor Def's eyes have turned into giant marijuana leaves and are spinning slowly <laughs> around. He's become he's become that chill. <laughs> Here we go. Have you ever needed someone? So bad starts right now. Okay, so intro goes right into verse one. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody want to read the lyrics that we that we just heard, or does anybody want to say anything about uh, uh, Stuart? You got any? Uh, anything Surely, to say about our, about our little intro? I love when we do this because we take a song that you hear every day, and then we look at the lyrics, and I'm always like. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what are we saying? Bees? Uh, Whoever heard of such a thing? I, I will. Okay. I will say the, um, the really nice little um, classic Def Leppard dueling melodic guitar refrain starts mm-hmm. the thing off, right? So that I mean, that's something that's been a hallmark of their sound since uh, bringing on the heartbreak, and probably before that. Yeah, I so, mean. 
the the listeners just heard it, but just to kind of remind everybody, it goes do 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 and there's another one up there. Yeah. So, Shara, why don't you jump into that first verse? Here I am. I'm in the wrong bed again. It's a game I just can't win. There you are, breathing soft on my skin. Yeah. Yeah. Still, you won't let me in. So come on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. A bit of a bit of a weird bit of a weird revisionist thing going on in the uh, uh, in the halls of Def Leppard. Uh, in in the halls of uh, whatever you know, scholarly Def Leppard pursuits, because on the Def Leppard website, where they have the lyrics to all their songs, the official lyrics that they have posted on their website. Yep. And I'm well, not saying uh, this is Codex Adrenalizius. <laughs> yes. In the yeah, in the official scroll, Codex Adrenalizius, it says, "Here I am." I'm in a warm bed again. Can I ask you guys where you got your lyrics? We are at uh, www.metal-archives.com, a.k.a. the Encyclopedia Metallum. Okay. I like that one better, a warm bed again. Really? That sounds much better for a love song than the wrong bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, but is this a, a Robert Downey is Jr.? this a love song? I mean, that's really going to be the question, right? Oh. So it, it's how how appropriate this is. I can say, um, wait, Robert Downey Jr. wakes up in wrong beds a lot. I mean, once I, that I heard of. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't she think heard of everybody. <laughs> so he just orders beds all the time, and, uh, and wasn't there that he doesn't, story he doesn't where like he, him like... and he throws them out? Was super high and just I went into someone's it. house and went you to sleep. You slept with Robert Downey Jr. and you're admitting it on the fucking podcast. Better get tested. Yeah, better get no shit. You're gonna, you're gonna. I'll wake up one day and I'll have a fucking glowing thing in my chest and I'm like, sure. So, uh, well, here's here's what I'll here's what I'll say about the. Um, about the first line of the song. Okay. It is clearly, I'm in the wrong bed again. Oh, it's, so we win. Yeah, it's not, it's not about winners or losers. It's <laughs> uh, like, I actually, I saw that the, def, that the uh, official scroll said, in a warm <laughs> bed again. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to hear what Joe is saying. But... I was pretty sure it was the wrong. And then I went and watched a few live videos of him singing this. And he is very clearly enunciating the wrong. Yeah, and in those live videos, he also, they're doing some stagecraft. And he's waking up in a bed with somebody. (laughs) And they're, like, mad at him. And he's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, there's three beds on the stage when they perform this song. And two of the beds have X's over them. And one of them has a check mark. And the and Joe wakes up in one of the X's at the beginning of this song every time. I mean, Why that's, are there two wrong beds. That is visual storytelling. <laughs> yeah, there have to be there have to be two wrongs 
for each right well, that's in, sta- in stagecraft. They set up that stage show because they know they're going to be taking it to non-English language speaking countries. And sure. They want it to carry over, you know. So, so what were you saying? Well, I'm just, I just think it's interesting in retrospect. I don't know if this is some kind of, uh, you know how Prince, when he, when he converted to um, uh, whatever it is, uh, Jehovah's Witness, Prince, uh-huh. Prince became a Jehovah's Witness, and they changed some of the lyrics of his songs to make them uh, to to conform, I guess, to the to the doctrine of uh, of Jehovah's Witness, whatever that's called. Mm, that sounds like, like, like detail what? oriented and crazy. <laughs> like what? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a specific example off the top of my head. It's just something I read at some point that he that he changed certain lyrics. He stopped singing certain songs because he found fa- he found that they were not biblically accurate or that they didn't represent the values of his faith and uh you know i i understand that what i what i wonder about is what you know, happened not, not to check your math or anything but uh what was that uh weekly world news where do you get this info i read it on the <laughs> cover of people magazine while waiting in line at walgreens oh that checks out <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, it, waiting in line at Walgreens is something I do a lot. It's where I get most of my information. So yeah, I mean, you got to get pizza rolls somewhere. Might as well be at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what happened, what changed in Def Leppard's life to where they went back, uh-huh. and scratched the wrong bed out of their lyrics, and put in a warm bed again, which. Which could be it could mean two things. One, one, it could mean just like they just didn't want to insult the bed of the subject of the song, uh, or two, it could mean that uh, in, in that he'd been sleeping in a in a cold bed the rest of the time, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's I'm in a warm bed again. It brings up it brings up that whole thing. I'm sure we talked about this, but like Pandora seems to the the popular website pandora that streams music no they the vast majority of the the music they play from like legacy artists seems to be these weird re-recorded versions of older popular songs that have been re-recorded because those artists were fucked by their studios oh sure yeah yeah. and they want to be able to like make money off them so they're like hey listen to this new version of a journey song that's way worse than the original or similar with foreigner songs um but the weirdest has to be that version of that what air supply song? no i was gonna say here i go again on my own oh yes where like, instead of <laughs> like like a drifter i was born he to says walk like along. a hobo and i'm like wait what <laughs> no for real like a hobo what? i was born to walk alone and i don't know why he changed the language it's so stupid it's Insane. <laughs> that is really, really insane. So not to insult is, drifters, but <laughs> there is no one who is offended for, about being called a drifter. Yeah, well, I, and, and hobo and seems like hobo? it's hobo seems hobo like it's, seems it's more problematic more. than uh, than drifter. That's weird. Maybe he originally wanted to say hobo, and they were like, "No, no, no, you better tone it down and say drifter." And then, yeah, yeah, and, and then now he remembers, he's like, you know what? Now I'm going to record it how I want. Yeah, he remembers the first time he played that song in front of like a bunch of I don't know, like true blue, like true blue American heroes, and he sang it, and he said drifter, and he saw some guy 
shake his head, pour out his beer, and walk out of the stadium. And he's like, fuck that, never again. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a very, very strange, uh, especially if you're trying to do a sound alike to change it that comically is really weird. Uh, it does remind me, I I listened to like a 90s mix on, uh, on, uh, I, I, on a... Saying- like a hobo, I was born. It's like that's a lot of similar sounding things, dude. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. Well, and hobos aren't born, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Well, what happens is it's a it's a chrysalis stage, Charlene. Drifters, they, drifters they wrap themselves are... up in uh, they they take a bindle and they wrap themselves up in a handkerchief, and then they become butterflies. They they climb out and they become a butterfly. I'm just gonna say that I'm gonna say this: drifters are drifters are born. Drifters are born to run in the Springsteen sense, mm-hmm. and hobos uh, are hobos are made. I mean, a hobo you choose to become a hobo for sure, right? Because it's I a, I mean, it's a. Were born to run. That's a good point. I think she has you. A tramp and a drifter—that's a similar thing. A hobo is is a different is a different thing. Hobo's like a you got to be in the you got to be in a in a sort of guild. Yeah, or let's something. Look, wait. Charlene's checking the rule book. Oh, nope. I'll allow it. No. Nope. Yeah, she'll. <laughs> okay. Whoa, this is a good bit. Yeah, she just she just you know, let that one fall. She didn't want she didn't want to ride it. When I was that's really funny. When I was a bartender. Uh, many, many years ago, I mean, I still am, but when I first started, I had a regular called Gus the Drunk, mm-hmm. and the song, oh, that no, was, it was his, the lady, that was his Christian name, it right? was the lady is a tramp, I just remembered, but he would, he would sing it, and he would go, I mean champ, I mean champ, I mean champ, not, not tramp, champ, and he would clean it up for me, I thought that was very sweet. <laughs> yep, so, like, okay, so yes, he was, sir, you can drive me home. <laughs> So he was making it more. He was. He thought he was making it more palatable. If yeah. oh, it, that's why like the he's lady not is a call, champ. He's not calling. Was he singing it like at you? Is that right? I think he was just kind of mumbling it. Oh, okay. And, and then he would like champ, champ. I mean, champ, like kind of to his beer. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> weird guy. Well, the thing. Anyway. The, the thing <laughs> is, Alex. There's sometimes weird old drunks who. Instead of just looking at their phone like a normal person, mm-hmm. they sometimes just sing along to songs that happen to be going on. I their mean, heads. there were no smartphones back then. What? <laughs> what what did you guys, age was this? Bars were for people to talk to each other. What did you guys do all day <laughs> Wait at work? A Come on! You mean back in the day, you didn't have like a fucking turtle that you shined its shell up real well, <laughs> and all of a sudden your apps were playing on it. I mean, it was called uh, Sports Night, not Sports Night. What? Uh, <laughs> you made people watch fucking sports <laughs> night? Sports night. <laughs> What's the sports show on ESPN? <laughs> sports Zone, Sports Center, some sports shit like Center. that. Sports Center. Yeah, Sports Center would be on all night. What do you how do you feel about Sports Center? Do you think they've gone downhill? <laughs> Is it because of Deflate Gate? Totally do- gone downhill. Um all that sports. They don't <laughs> do it like they used to. Yeah, they they went downhill because sports often feature balls and balls will roll downhill, so it only makes sense. Yeah, I mean they so lost all, they did this. they do lose all credibility for me with the flight gate cuz I mean if you're not pumping those balls up, I don't even know why anybody shows up puts on a uniform if those balls aren't pumped up. As far <laughs> exactly, as I'm concerned. Dude. I mean that's like the main that's the main thing in sports is those balls got to be full of air. And like, uh, and if I it's get not it. there's there's TV cameras all over the place. There's hair and makeup. Everybody's got to look good, but you know you got to make sure those balls look good. At the end of the day, if there's not, <laughs> if the air's not 
if if the ball's not full of air, like you don't have a game. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right, dude. I'm, I'm sorry to break air? that to everybody, but I mean, golf balls don't have air. Okay. That's okay. and that's the final word on Deflategate. <laughs> frankly, I mean, I think it's pretty brave of you to say it. So that was the first verse. Why don't we jump into this little pre-chorus? So can we can we establish what uh, what we think what we think is going on? I mean, I'll I'll just leave that. I'll just float that question to our listeners and to everyone in the world. Why would Def Leppard have gone back and changed history and made it a warm bed instead of the wrong bed? That's just a question. That's just a question to keep in mind for the future. All right. Okay. And then, uh, but then it's a game I can't win. You're breathing soft on my skin. So, so he's, all right. So Joe's in a bed. It's either yep. a warm bed there's, or a wrong somebody bed. somebody in there breathing on, on him. And so, yeah, and somebody is breathing soft. So presumably they're like asleep, right? Uh, probably, yeah. All right. Still, you won't let me in. That, that what do you guys weird, think man. that means? <laughs> I mean, when you said there's a possibility of a person he's sleeping with is asleep, or that he's in bed with his sleep. So, yeah, I mean, just their body's not ready for him to climb inside. <laughs> you went there. I'm talking about inner space. <laughs> so it's not, they're not. Inner space is with an injection. Yeah, they're not ready to have him be injected into their body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like I guess it's my all purpose. Like anytime I say something gross, I'm like, it's like inner space. <laughs> like, okay, technically you're right. Okay, fine. It's like space. All right, so it may I'll have been it. it may have been too wildly like too much of an assumption or or a wrong thing to th- to say that just because someone is breathing soft doesn't mean that they're asleep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I went there. Because because let's let's take the next thing at, with, in the best faith we can in the best faith we can. Still, you won't let me in. Probably means she won't uh, let him into her. Uh, into her world romantically, both physically sure, and okay. in her, in her, into her brain hole, right? That is the warm bed version of that uh, interpretation of those song lyrics. Right. We're, well, we're either talking about a physical going in or we're talking about a brain, brain hole going in, right? Sure. That's what so we're... If, it's, if it's a warm bed, then it's like, hey, you won't let me, you know... It's cool Let me out get here. to know you. Oh, okay. Um, but if it's wrong bed, then it's like. Then who knows what? How he's... come you won't let me in into the, that inner space? <laughs> who knows if he's in the wrong bed? I mean, he could be talking about a cloaca, really. Like he could be talking about any kind of thing to go in, right? If it's the mm-hmm. wrong bed, uh, it could be a flower bed. You never know. <laughs> it's the flower. Yeah, he could be talking about a stamen. A nail bed. he could be talking about any kind of thing you could go in uh if it's the wrong bed who knows what i mean really anything so let's hear the let's hear the uh pre-chorus or bridge i i think this i think this fits pretty cleanly into the definition of a of a pre-chorus because it's just two lines and it builds very uh it builds very steadily and just takes you just launches you right into that chorus so here we go here is the bridge for have you ever needed someone so bad? Baby, 
And then we're back to our g- dual guitar refrain. And uh, we, so I, I just went ahead and played through it there. I thought I thought it yeah, made yeah, sense. Yeah. It was such a, it's such a short no, pre-chorus it, um, that we should just go ahead. And the song, less than a minute in, less than a minute in, which might be a record for this band, honestly. We are yeah. right into the chorus. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like this is a perfect example of that, like, soaring pre-chorus that Def Leppard does. Because not only does the music build, but also, like, the lyrics, like, the the word-for-word word are, are, like, lifting you up and taking you away. Yeah, and it opens Maybe. up, and yeah. the, uh, and the... And the har- the vocal harmony, it's like it starts off with like three voices on Why Save Your Kisses for a Rainy Day. And by the time you get to the end of Hardaway, you've got like 12 voices in there, right? It's just like the harmonies are huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just sounds it sounds incredible. I, I think I really think that that pre-chorus is just gorgeous. So, uh, Stuart, you want to read uh, the bridge and chorus lyrics for us? Sure. Why Save Your Kisses for a Rainy Day? Baby, let the moment take your heart away. Have you ever needed someone so bad? Yeah. Have you ever wanted someone you just couldn't have? Did you ever try so hard that your world just fell apart? Have you ever needed someone so bad? And you're the girl I gotta have. I gotta have you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I think my fa- my. My, one of my favorite things about this song has always been that at the beginning of the chorus, the interaction, we've sort of hit peak relationship between the cloud of angelic backing vocals uh-huh. and Joe's uh, interaction with them. Because that's the, that is the, sta- that's the hallmark standard Def Leppard chorus is you have the, you have the cloud chorus, uh, you know, shouting something. And then, and then Joe is like, "Yeah, I get it." Da, da, da. You know, like he says something in response. Mm-hmm. And on this one, they say the entire title of the song. So usually, there's like a half and half relationship. And on this mm-hmm. one, they say the entire title. Have you ever needed someone so bad? And he just goes, "Yeah!" Like he just says, <laughs> "Yeah." His whole his whole yeah. role at the beginning of the chorus is just to go, "Yeah." Yeah, the Greek chorus is saying, "Hey, have you ever needed someone so bad?" And he's like, "Yeah, I have." Clearly. <laughs> well, that's uh, there's yeah. That's the other thing is uh is is he um I I think there are two sort of subtle ways to 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 analyze or whatever, or whatever, or hear, or hear that line. You know, I don't, it, it had always kind of sounded to me like an unanswered question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chorus of this song where it's, have you ever needed someone so bad? And, and then by the end of the chorus, he's just sort of going, you're the girl I got to have. And he just kind of lets the question go. But I, Listening to it recently, I've been thinking it's almost like a, it's almost like some kind of relatable meme or something, where where the um, where have you ever needed someone so bad is like a statement of how bad you need someone, and so in that in, instead of Joe answering it by saying yeah by saying instead of it being a question have you ever needed someone so bad and Joe responding to those vocals by saying yeah I have. He's saying, yeah, like he's looking at a that face when meme 
and he's like relating to it so hard. Like it's not a question; it's a statement of how bad you're needing someone. It's like if it, it's like if someone is rapping at you and someone behind them is like, "Yeah, he said it." Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's like, less; it's not an answer; it's a support. Yeah, you got like DJ Mugs or somebody behind you saying, "Yeah." That's what I. That's what I think he's doing. I don't think he's answering the question of "Have you ever needed someone so bad?" Because that would that would sort of end the conversation, right? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I remember in college, mm-hmm. I had gone through a breakup and I was pretty depressed. And my uh, college roommate wouldn't stop listening to fucking Neutral Milk Hotel. So I would have to go on long walks on campus with my headphones on, and I'd be listening to Def Leppard, and I'd always be listening to this song, and I'm like, that's crazy, man. What kind of world is it that Joe Elliott wants somebody, and he can't have it? <coughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. And then you get back to, you get back to the dorm, and... I'd get back to the and dorm. And you'd be like, yep. what? Two-headed, bo- two-headed boy? <laughs> Who's that? Mm-hmm. And then I would go and the I would king make... of carrot flowers is having problems. Uh huh. Then I would go make a grilled cheese sandwich uh, on my grilled cheese sandwich boy. Yeah. And grease all over the dorm room, but it was worth it. What's a grilled cheese sandwich boy? It was like this little panini press thing <laughs> that kind of made your uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. I remember. Do you think I was Stuart. talking about an actual creature, <laughs> <laughs> like a hoggle, Stuart. like a doby? Stuart and Casey like had a, a Dobby, <laughs> a house elf that is so infinitely powerful, but if I gave him a sock, he could do whatever he wanted. Fuck that shit. He would totally make you a grilled cheese, though. He would, because I'm I'm super great. <laughs> and I'm not a Death Eater. Stuart yes. and Casey had a little sandwich boy that uh, would that if they made him lie down on sandwiches, he heated them up. <laughs> yeah, we wiggle them little, back and forth. <laughs> little live-in servant boy in their uh, dorm room. So it was more so, uh, a warm cheese sandwich. And that boy, that boy would... think uh, think how much think how much Neutral Milk Hotel the sandwich boy had to listen to. A ton. Mm-hmm. That's why he was angry all the time. I'd be like, hey, listen to this hot track. And he's like, I, I heard this yesterday. And he'd get all mad. And then I'd roll him on those sandwiches. <laughs> I'm like, wait, don't roll him until steam starts shooting out his ears. So you got to uh, get, the, so you got to get your, you got to get your sandwich boy mad. And then you put him <laughs> down Otherwise over Otherwise they the won't sandwich. be warm. Yeah, I want a hot sandwich, dude. I do, this, I do have to say, Stuart, this out. is, this is Quiznos, motherfucker, not Subway. <laughs> Stuart, I have to say, I, I, I have a such a visceral like memory. I have a sense memory or whatever of, of like I have an exact smell memory of what your sandwich toaster smelled like <laughs> in college. Like it's, I can, I can put myself <laughs> yep. right over it right now. Uh, yeah, I feel like if this was some kind of weird Christopher Nolan like mental time travel movie concept, uh, TM TM. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I would totally write that into the script. So, mm-hmm. uh Okay, the other uh-huh. thing the other thing I want to say about this chorus is I feel like his his line reading on mm-hmm. that your world just fell apart is like 
is has always struck me as like kind of amazingly lazy or amazingly yeah. I don't know just ethereal because he doesn't say that your world just fell like a lot of people I think if I was singing a song that had the line that your world just fell apart I think I would put a lot of weight into it yeah, I'd be yeah, like real that your world Papa just Roach fell apart here. and Joe <laughs> go on. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe goes, Joe goes, say you will just burn. <laughs> like he just lets the words like drip out of his mouth. They are not, uh, they're not enunciated at all. I, I used to think it was, um, I used to think the words were that your okay. world just fell undone, which I think is a, I think is a reasonable, uh, you know, listening of, of that. Cause he really, again, he, he just doesn't enunciate those words. And, and this um, was a, around the same time as way. that. Uh, like was this around the same time as that Duran Duran record? <laughs> what? The one with uh, which Duran Duran come record? Come undone. Oh, come undone. Yeah. Well, late nineties. I think come undone was maybe yeah. a couple years later. I think come undone was like ninety four. I'm gonna guess. Write into till death do us party <laughs> at gmail and let us know when. Uh, Duran Duran's uh, yeah, come, just use come undone came out till Duran Duran us party. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. Just edit that part out. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> so that's our. We're through the chorus, less than a minute into the song. Let's jump into that next verse, right? Yeah, that's the only option. Uh, and then, of course, and then of course, there's uh the the whole there's the whole um he, it's a list of questions have you ever needed have you ever what have you Call ever wanted have you ever needed and then and and to the girl i gotta have he's like and listen to the girl i gotta have <laughs> i gotta have you baby <laughs> like he, he says he sort of he sort of tells her uh he, he sort of tells her like there's there's just no point there's no point in fighting this because it's just you, you, your existence is my problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what he's saying right there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you're the All girl right. I gotta have, I gotta have you, baby. I don't have the energy to come up with anything more original. <laughs> or do you, or do you think that his need has such... Yeah, well, but that's, but his energy, his energy is being taken... His energy has been taken by that bad night of sleep he's having on that wrong bed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incorrect sleep number. <laughs> All right. So let's do verse two. Back into the pre-chorus. Charlene. Yes? Why don't you read this verse for us? All right. There you go. Midnight promises again. Yeah. But they're broken by the dawn. You want to go further? Faster every day, baby. (laughs) But in the morning you'll be gone. And I'm alone. Very very (laughs) sultry uh, uh, 
he sings and that. And I'm alone. He goes, and I'm alone. It's like the wind has been sucked out of him, and you can just see sort of mm-hmm. he's just in a fog by he's, himself. He's standing he's on a blast of heat. He's in a void. No one around. He's in a void for, for that one. Yeah. So, uh, so Stuart, what do you think? Um, <laughs> what do you think these midnight promises are that are broken by the dawn? Okay. It's question one. Question two is. What's it mean to go further, faster every day? Uh, okay, well, these are and challenging then in questions. In the morning, be gone. Uh, I think, I think a perfect example of a midnight promise is when you go to the gas station that's within walking distance of your dormitory, and you purchase a VHS copy of Minute Work at midnight, and then you go home and you wake up and you go. Did I fucking buy minute work? (laughs) (laughs) Go home and watch it. What you're saying is, I mean, I don't know. When I, you're saying when I, when I did that, when I, (laughs) this is more, it's more uh, college, college antics. Talking about Uh, things I don't know about. The good, the good old days. Sure, you just weren't the there for the good old days. days. You just weren't around. Yeah, yeah. Every time Charlene looks <laughs> yeah, at me got, in the morning, yeah, you got sees, these lame new she days. Sees my long old man ball sack, oh, and I'm she's like, like, "I'm in the wrong bed again." <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it's very warm. It's a little too warm. <laughs> Wait, my balls are Your the balls bed. Are very sharp. Back in <laughs> okay. <laughs> Char, back in these days, Stuart and I both had very tight, it's like, tight ball sacks. Do sex. we lower the water? And we did in the all kinds of fun things. Him? I don't know. I'm like occasionally, I like. <laughs> do we I like put a like a, of, a little like step so that he's higher up? I don't know. Like a little, a little toilet seat stool. Oh, we, that's why they have those in old folks' homes. I think yeah, to, to so keep that, the balls off the water. Eventually, if it gets really bad. If it gets really bad, Stuart can just take like a one liter of ginger ale, cut the bottom off that thing, and just make himself a little cradle that he puts in the toilet. That is, the, but you, so that you, leave, you leave the bottom half filled with ginger ale. Oh man, I can't wait to see so the that... Shark Tank episode about this invention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a cup you put your balls in, yeah. so they don't touch the water. <laughs> Stuart, you're, Stuart, you're totally right about I the mean, ginger ale thing. You do, you do want to keep a little bit of that, a little bit of that bubble in there. <laughs> and he, he knows that, he knows a ball's gotta be nice. That can I draw a cat for you guy to make a song like a jingle? <laughs> can I cup your balls for you? No. <laughs> Are you referencing a very specific episode yeah. of Okay, sorry. It's a crazy episode. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm turning the ringer off on my phone. Uh, That's podcast. Wow. Episode. I know. This is serious. Yeah. Okay. So, it's about time you learned to do that. Yeah, let's turn that shit off. Okay, so, so you want to go further, faster, every day. Well, hold baby. on, hold on. You threw out a kind of a crazy answer to uh, Midnight Promises. <laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah, was it, like, was... yeah, I guess I didn't give the question appropriate due. So, uh, so you're. So, so this would be so you were using an example of the time that I <laughs> that I was stumbling home drunk from somewhere uh-huh. in college and stopped yep. into the speedway on the corner by uh, by our yep. campus and purchased Men at Work on VHS the Charlie yep. Sheen Emilio Estevez uh, movie 
And then and maybe a maybe a late night snack. Uh, yeah, well, I think I probably brought. I I pretty much always bought like a cheese filled hot dog when I walked into that place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you you walked in, they already had it. Like yeah, set up. yeah, they, they saw they saw <laughs> oh, me coming. Uh, yeah, and I'm stumbling through the place, and they're like, "Can we we have some fine VHS here tonight?" Uh, and, uh, and so, but. They're like, oh, that that VHS you special ordered, sir. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you went back. You went back to return it, but it, that store had never been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so. And then you look at the cassette in your hand, and then you look up. I'm I'm mm-hmm. pleased. I'm pleased to say that my regret waking up and finding that I had purchased Men at Work. Was yeah. just that I I didn't really think I needed it, you know. I, I it wasn't like an essential <laughs> purchase because you haven't memorized. I, <laughs> yeah, it's very much that uh, that like lifestyle of only keeping things that bring, give you joy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to just live a slightly. I was trying to live a more pure lifestyle in college. <laughs> yeah, that that like super limited lifestyle where like. Everything has to serve multiple functions. So, why have a table when you can just make a pile of plastic Kamchatka vodka jugs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that I'm getting record? well. I'm just. I'm yeah. getting. Dra- I'm getting dragged oh, here. College. I'm getting really. I'm getting I'm really start dragged. Talking about sleepaway camp in a minute. All right, <laughs> but but the so it's instead of just regretting a late night purchase of Men at Work on VHS, this this. Uh-huh. Joe in this song is doing the equivalent of waking up and looking down and seeing a copy of Men at Work on VHS and going, oh, man, and picking it up and tossing it into a big pile of VHS copies of Men at Work that he has purchased every night he's gone out <laughs> drinking, right? That's like the equivalent. That's That sounds right, yeah. So it's like... I did it again. Midnight promises again, but they're broken by the dawn. Uh, he, di- he didn't need this thing. Um, yeah, well, like, like you're looking at it, and that VHS tape just looks so great in the fucking moonlight. But then, like, when the fucking rays of light uh, of sunlight come through your uh, Venetian blinds, and they fall upon your cigarette ash and empty booze bottle covered coffee table mm-hmm. and just sitting there is that minute work vhs it just looks so cheap and shitty so then it yeah, does look it, it does look you cheap toss and it, you toss it into and you're like are those this looks so weird are they standing next to like a fucking street <laughs> sign that says minute work on it uh and then you just pick it up and you toss it in the pile a very similar looking minute work VHS cassette tapes. And you've for a but second you never for a second watch it? No, it's we're I mean, I believe we we're not even considering the artistic uh qualities of the film contained within. We're just talking about the physical Yeah, well, looking looking at the cover of Men at Work, the big question that pops into your mind is just cuz they're standing there, they've got like shades on, they're like and the movie is all about how cool they are as like slacker construction guys. <laughs> and uh I thought they were garbage men. Oh uh, yeah, I guess Yeah, I think they were garbage men. Okay. All right. I thought they I thought I they mean, did I heard that I mean I, thought they I think did. one of the three of us has owned this movie. I, it's at one in my point. basement right now. That a very VHS copy is in my basement <laughs> somewhere. 
but I, uh, I, I could have sworn. Well, anyway, the whole thing is um, that they. Uh, no, I'm like a hundred percent sure they're garbage men. Yeah. No, you're right. They are gar- they are garbage men. What I'm saying is, uh, the question is whether they look at the. When you look at the cover of Men at Work, you don't know if they think it's a funny cover of the movie Men at Work or if it's a cover where they look really cool. You don't know. Oh, and there's, yeah, there's a, there's only two options. I mean, those, those, it could, I guess it could be cool and, and funny. Unlikely. Um, Okay, so, uh, so we covered the first question. You want to go further? Faster everyday baby. Well, this is this is new information. I wasn't familiar with this line that well. Uh, I don't know, man. It feels like uh, like they're testing a, it, a a motorcycle or or a, a new you know new form of transportation, some mm-hmm. kind of train. The yep, and uh, it's so fast that when you wake up, this person is now gone because they're. The, the thing they're driving goes too fast? What are you what are you suggesting? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, the little girl option. No What do you think, Char? Um it seems like there is a woman uh-huh. and he goes to her house at night and sleeps in her bed. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. that seems just fine with her. And he's like I gotta have more this isn't enough. And she's like, meh. And he keeps trying to define her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to put labels on what they have. Yeah, Uh, and she's like, what do you want? My bed's warm or wrong. mm -hmm. What's the problem here? What, uh, Char, what do you think, what do you think her looking to go further and faster means? That's a good question. I feel like possibly... They found words with the same meter as the other line, <laughs> so they put them in. Well, that can't be the answer. That's I mean, not how that's not how poetry like, works. I think I th- I mean I think Joe is trying to say that the reason why she doesn't want to commit to him is because she wants something bigger and better, and maybe it's just that she just doesn't like him that much. <laughs> Maybe it's about the bases, you know, like we went to first base on Monday, oh. we went to second base on well, Tuesday. Well, yeah, here's a question. Here's first a question base is I have. a hand job, right? <laughs> no. Wait, what? Boy bases are so different from girl bases. First base is I'm doing a hand job and you're watching. <laughs> first base is uh-huh. handshake. First base is heating wow. First base is heating up a sandwich <laughs> no, with your I'm, butt for somebody. Yes. First base is sandwich in your butt. (laughs) Oh, that's a Brooklyn first base. Okay. (laughs) Second base. A Philly first base is definitely a sandwich in your butt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Philly second base. That's an icy in the butt. Mm Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's, let's consider for a second that further faster is that she's getting freakier and freakier every, every day. And she's, and we're, uh, we're going for, for more weirder things. And let's back up a little bit to, uh, to just, uh, to, you won't let me in. And it, and let me just, let me just, cause Stuart, you and I have talked a few times. There are, are a few Def Leppard songs that are specifically about, uh, 
uh, about um, edging. Sure, yeah, yeah. This is something that I think Joe has a has a beat. Charlene looks at me confused. Alex, can you explain edging to Charlene? Again. Edging is like uh, just not letting somebody get their nut off. So you're just oh. So you're just uh, you're just driving somebody, you know, sort of sexually crazy, right? So you're just edging like yeah, for sure. for a long time. Because if you the uh, the theory is that if you if you keep reaching that point but not finishing it makes it when you eventually finish i think heinz had a ketchup commercial about this yeah okay when it eventually happens you're like bazinga (laughs) got it yeah so it's it's like a and it's you know it's something that anybody can do you can just folks you can do this at home on your own time anytime you want (laughs) but it's it's something that uh that i think especially happens uh Sort of like BDSM, sadomasochism, like which is something that that uh, that Joe has has touched on and experimented with in numerous previous songs that we've discussed. You can uh, you can go back and listen. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, a, it's a spectrum. I get it. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the what the big there was one at the, there was one towards the end of Pyromania that was uh, that was just basically just a whole song about. Um, where where Joe had sort of you know he had the world he had the world at his at his feet he was the, you know one of the biggest rock stars in the world and all he wanted was you know somebody to just uh, you know to just keep him uh, keep him excited and not have and not have to deal with the because there's also a bit of, a bit of a letdown after you uh, after you climax right there's like a there's like a period of a refractory yeah there's period, a period yeah. of uh, where where the world's not as intense and colors aren't as bright and stuff like that and so so Joe kind of wants that Joe wants that uh, wants that intensity going on so I, I I would posit at this point that there's a part of this song there's a there's certainly a spiritual thing that's just wanting to connect with somebody but there's also clearly something going on with edging sure right <laughs> it makes perfect sense right and so, uh, and there's pre- and there's precedent for it <laughs> yep yep you're technically correct uh so, so we go through verse number 2 we get this you know the this hot high flying uh pre-chorus we get another chorus and then that's when we get the breakdown, right? That's what we'd call this next section. Yeah, well, it's the. I mean, it's the technically it's the guitar solo. It's the. the it's not a. Um, yeah, it's when a guitarist comes and breaks it down for us with a hot guitar solo. <laughs> it's a pretty like sparse guitar solo. It almost sounds. It's like those sections of Rocket that are yeah. that are you know sort of. Um, that are more beat oriented and and just like little little splatterings of of guitar, uh, yeah. but this this it's not a very splashy guitar solo. It feels a little more atmospheric. Um, in general, I, I, uh, one thing I've I've thought about listening to the song recently is uh, is how much it, it sort of reminds me of Hysteria almost more than any other song on this album. And this solo is very Hysteria. Yeah. So let's um let's just go ahead and listen to that, and then we'll and then we'll talk about it. Also, just just as I'm uh, because I'm because I'm on this point right now. Also, just think about how this kind of this breakdown, this solo, whatever, doesn't quite resolve ever. 
So maybe it's just a little bit of uh, guitar-based edging, I think. Maybe. Oh, all right? Just okay. think about it yeah, that yeah. way. Just consider it that way. All right? stop it right there so it's it's very it's very short it's a very short little little yeah. thing right and then we get Stuart. what's this next section called what do you think what do you think it's called what a cockney rhyming rap yeah <laughs> here we go I'm going to stop it uh, right there. I'm sorry. Sorry to do that right in the middle of the chorus right yeah, there. Stop edging us, dude. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, you want to read you want to read those uh you want to read the Cockney sure. rhyming rap or Stuart, would you like to do the Cockney rhyming rap? Actually, you know what? No, I'll put this to Shar too. Oh, wow, Uh-oh. man. This I'm is crazy. sorry. What's happening? I'm Would not you... doing the accent. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, man, now you're edging Alex. <laughs> no, well, you don't have to do the accent, but would you like to do the lyrics in a Cockney rhyming style? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. But you listen to this song every day. Yes, but I don't know what a Cockney rhyming style is. It's just... Every dream my dream is like some kind of ration reckless scene. To give out such crazy love, <laughs> you must be some kind of drug. <laughs> it's and that... if my time don't ever come, <laughs> for me you're still the one. Damned if I don't, damned if I do. This is when I point at the crowd. I gotta get a fix on you. Yo! He goes, yo! That fucking line, dude. All the music cuts out. You know he's pointing at somebody in the crowd and he's saying that shit. He's pointing directly at someone. And there's like a a music video, that camera goes flying backwards like he just hit it with a force blast. So, that, yeah, sure. That's a Cockney rhyming rap. That's how that works. It's, it basically just okay. means you sp- <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it basically just means you speak. Just wanted to, I mean, I'm, I hate to show you how it's done, you know. I mean, with mansplaining being a problem at all. <laughs> you, you basically just speak a little bit more than usual than you do in, in other songs, right? It, it, don't, just try it a couple of times. You'll get the hang of it, you know. <laughs> uh Schoenberg called it Sprechstimme, <laughs> but Def Leppard calls it Cockney rhyming rap. They, oh, they call it that. Mm-hmm. In oh. the liner notes. Is Schoenberg another buddy from college? Oh, yeah, yeah. Old, Schoen- old Schoenberg sat in his room listening to Metallica all day, playing yep. Half-Life. Schoenberg, and we'd be like, hey, dude, why, why aren't you going to class? He's like, it's the Jewish high holidays. And I'm like... <laughs> What's that? I'm from Indiana. I don't know what that is. Uh, all right. Oh, so, Schoenberg. 
so these the what what have we learned anything from the Cockney rhyming rap, or are we just more confused? Every dream I dream is like some well, kind of rash and reckless scene. I learned what he's saying in that second line. I have no idea. I thought it was like a uh, rock and record scene. Record scene Ooh, is good. exactly what I thought. Uh, here's here's what I thought. Here's what I've always thought it was when I was a kid. I thought it was rational record scene, which makes no sense. Then to give out such crazy love, you must be... That's, all this stuff makes sense. Yeah, to give out such crazy love, you must be some kind of drug. Like, you're... I'm addicted to you, is what he's saying there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if my time don't ever come... I like my it. entendres double. I have my finger very high in the air because <laughs> I'm right. If my time don't ever come... So he's he's just he's living in a constant state of edge. He's uh mm-hmm. he's walking. Yeah, damned, Joe he's, Elliott. He's damned if he doesn't, and he's damned if he does. He's uh it's it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat of uh Have, of having a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But you know, like he's either he's neither coming nor not coming. <laughs> or is it? He is both coming and not coming. Exactly. Schrodinger's come. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Schrodinger's come. <laughs> yeah. That's basically living uh, in a state of constant, like, you know, just in, intense, almost uh, orgasmic arousal. And, but also... Is it because, because he gets off on Lucy being mean to him all the time? That's his name, right? Schroeder? Schroeder is his name. <laughs> oh, My you're making a peanut so much there. better. Uh, but Lucy's mean to Charlie. She's in love with Schroeder. Man, I just fucked this one up on so many levels. <laughs> Guys, who do you think is the most chill Peanuts character? <laughs> Snoopy. Fucking, fucking Pigpen, dude. Pigpen. Pigpen is. Is chill. being a mess chill? That's a. That's Actually, another existential Marcy question I have about chill. Marcy? Um, yeah, she hangs out with Peppermint Patty, calls her sir. Oh, right. She yeah, is chill. You're right. She's Actually, she's chill. the most chill character we've described yeah. thus far, I think. Anyway. You so, didn't know I knew so much about Peanuts. You know way more than I do, as I've just See? demonstrated. I know, I know comics. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> when we were sitting in the uh, for an after credit sequence uh, <laughs> watching Thor Ragnarok, that was what Char was saying. I was saying Marcy's the chillest peanut. I, I understand this sequence because I know all about chill Marcy of the peanuts. <laughs> is uh is peanuts in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Does that take place in the same, same place? Probably. Fucking Next Disney movie. bought everything, right? I think yeah. I think that makes sense. I think at some point they should like just fly over the peanuts kids like dancing or something, and just mm-hmm. just to deal with that. Just to clear that up for me, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just need to know for a fact. I just need, to, yeah. I, you know, I'm. I, I consider myself a bit of a, you know, a bit of a fan. You're a real, a real nuthead. <laughs> I'm a bit of. I'd call myself a bit of a fan, which is short for fanatic, and. Uh, <laughs> 
It's what we people who are into Marvel stuff call ourselves. Oh, cool. And, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys call yourselves that on the internet or only? In yeah, person? well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 when pretty much when we're in line to get buy tickets for the movies, that's the oh, main okay. place. You still going lines? I like it. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of go, hey, yeah, oh, cool. Don't trust digital. I'm all it's, about you. It's cool to be here in line between uh, a fan and another fan. That's the kind of thing that we, that's like, kind of thing that Marvel fans say like, to each other. That? What's that word you're saying? I'm not a device, a motorized device that makes wind or anything. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. You must be. You must be new to the to to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's uh-huh. uh, fan is short for fanatic. We're all. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. We're we're all. We we watch all of the movies when they come oh, out. Wow, okay. Sometimes on the first run. And uh, and we just stand in line, and then we go in and we sit in the theater and we watch the we watch the movies because we're big fanatics for what sense, for yeah. what's happening in the in the universe. Uh, so <laughs> I think I mean I think that's a pretty what you just said is a pretty good summary of this Cockney rhyming, right? Yep. All right. So uh, pretty much everything that's left to happen in this song is the I mean. I think we could all say it in unison right now if we wanted to, right? This is what's left to happen in this song is three, two, one, double chorus and out. (laughs) (laughs) Double chorus and out. (laughs) That's that's the standard thing that's going to (laughs) happen at this point in any of these songs. So let's, um, uh, do you guys want to hear just, let's just hear the end part where uh, Joe is going to ad lib some extra stuff. You know, it's really, it's really, uh, it's, it's really a fun ending to a really beautiful, beautiful song. I'm going to, I'm going to give us the last like 30 seconds or something of it. Uh, Here we go. go out on our uh on our double guitar refrain so actually you know what double chorus guitar refrain and out not double chorus and out right yeah yeah that's what i said yeah (laughs) it uh so we were so so we were all right we were all right so this is uh 
This was a big hit. This was one of their uh, this was one of their hit singles off this record, huh? You know, I don't remember it being a huge hit at the time, but it was definitely a single. And a, a, in in uh, ooh, in uh, in kind of looking up stuff for this episode, I uh, I saw a bunch of covers of it. It's a pretty like highly like on youtube there's a ton of covers i recommend looking this song up on youtube if only for the number of times people have uploaded it with like a photo of like a hazy photo of like paul walker or something uh as the as the only image throughout the whole thing um it's very it's it's very very common there's a there's some very bad covers of it that are that are great you should check those out um and uh, but but I think we I think we've pretty much discussed that one as I as I said before I think I think you could almost more than any other song on Adrenalize you could almost plop Have you ever needed someone so bad right down into the middle of Hysteria and it would almost fit. Yeah, I mean the DNA is pretty similar. Yeah, it's got it's got a very like it's got a lot of space more so than Stand Up is more of like a is almost like a pop country song of a, of a sort or something yeah. and this is more this feels more like hysteria it feels more like it's uh it's it's got more metal angles but it's very spaced out and uh and it's a and it's a beautiful song with really really soaring vocals and uh and they just you know what they just hit it out of the freaking park with this goddamn thing you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah they just uh, they knocked it over the second base bag. Yeah, past, past the outfielder. They head. went. They went right past first base, uh-huh. which was a sandwich in someone's butt crack. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and they went right to second base, which is like a I don't know a soda in between someone's boobs. <laughs> yeah, they're all food related. Yep, and yeah. then past third base, which is two sandwiches up somebody's butt crack. <laughs> We went to Indiana, so our bases are. We went to school in Indiana, so our bases are kind of weird. And then the final, uh, the final base is uh, is sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's universal in any world. Oh, really? Oh, wow! Any kind of sex, any kind. Um, Even so... if it's just smooching and rubbing boobs, any kind of sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, I think last episode we were talking don't about... At, don't how, at me about what sex is, by the way. Don't, don't send me any, any, yeah. any, any, any or tweets or anything about what sex is. Sex is anything you want it to be. Uh, so, last episode we put out a call to our listeners uh, to write in if they had any advice. So, Dr. Def, you, uh, you got that first uh, letter queued up. Uh, I can grab it real quick. I forgot about this segment. <laughs> I totally forgot about this segment, but yes, I can pull it up. Uh, where is it? I still can't stop thinking about that Winnie the Pooh podcast. Would we call it a poo cast? Yeah. Or a pood cast? <laughs> yeah. Pood? Yeah, like pod, but with an extra O. Oh, it's like podcast or, or just poodcast poodcast people would either one people would definitely think about, it was about shit it's about duty <laughs> is there some uh let's see uh what's honey H- what about a podcast because he loves his honey pot 
He loves his pot of honey, right? I think so people podcast... might mistake that for a cooking podcast. Or a or... Oh! Oh! I turned around on you. Four twenty, <laughs> blaze it. <laughs> All right, we have an advice question from young Tim. Should I say his last name? Do I? Do we say his last name? We haven't oh, done this no, before. Man. Let's say Tim last name withheld. Okay, I've heard that before. Although when we when we uh, did shout outs to the first five women to write in or whatever it was, <laughs> I think we said their whole names. So maybe this is unfair to uh, to our, our our women listeners. But anyway, Tim, last name withheld. Hey guys, from a Def Leppard perspective, should I go to grad school? Oh wow, that's a really important decision you have to make in your life. Thanks uh, for your help. Oh, and then, you know what? I screwed up. He And then he has a signature that's excitable in the East Bay. So... So he's in the East women Bay. Women listen to this podcast? Yeah, what? they women do. Women listen to this podcast? Yeah, lots of them. Okay, yeah, dude. Okay. All right. Just Def, Leppard just is a, sure. Def Leppard is a band that uh, their, their fandom for much of their career was majority women, actually. Unlike a lot of other metal bands and glam metal That's bands. That's kind, of uh, kind of the foundation, the bedrock of Def Leppard. Uh, so women do listen... Uh, wait, were you answering his question? No, I just... I had to get that straight before we continued. So, should I go to grad school? Is there any more information? It just says, nope. from a Def Leppard perspective, should I go to grad school? So, uh, So, like... What would Def Leppard say about the question of going to grad school? Oh. Uh, now, yeah. let's um, let's consider the let's consider the answers here. So, like, um, so I mean, one one could maybe say that Def Leppard is uh, their Def Leppard believes in action, not words, and so uh-huh. they would argue that you should go out and live your life and have experiences and not study words and not. Waste your time studying things or studying Def Leppard the way that we have, uh, that you should just go out and have experiences and create things. Uh, so they would say no? So they would, so one, <laughs> one could argue they would say, they would okay. say no. And uh, Alex, here's our Def Leppard scholar. Mm-hmm. I feel like Charlene has her own advice that is potentially not Def Leppard related. Um, no, I mean, I was going to see if I could look into the lyrics of this song and find an answer to the question. Like, don't, don't save your kisses for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good, um, that's a good little bit of advice. You know? Hey, excitable. Is school a rash and reckless scene? It can be. It can be. It really can be. Especially nowadays with these liberal professors and their and, and their know, cavalier attitudes toward traditional society. You're damned if you don't, and you're damned if you mm-hmm. do. All right, excitable <laughs> in the East Bay. I'm gonna say, don't save your kisses for a rainy day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You probably don't want to go to grad school. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> don't shoot shotgun. There's uh there's a lot of reasons not to go to grad school and there's even more of them nowadays. Yeah, makes sense. That's what I would say. Um unless okay, unless it's two. super vo- unless it's super vocational, but you didn't ask for vocational advice, you asked for Def Leppard advice and I'm going to say Def That's Leppard fair. would say no. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't go. Plus 
You're not getting any, uh, apparently they're getting rid of, uh, loan forgiveness and shit. So, <laughs> so just don't bother. All right. Next question. Yeah. Is from, well, I'll read, I'll read it at the end. That's how, that's how advice column works. As you hear the name okay. at the end. <laughs> okay. If you could go back in time in a time machine to the glorious eighties. Okay. And be a member of Def Leppard. Okay. Whoa. Who would it be? And what would you do with your newfound powers? And you can't be Joe Elliott. <laughs> because that's like using the ultimate cheat code. Thank you. Yeah. Self-styled cringer in the sheets. Battle cat in the sheets. <laughs> did I say cringe? Did I say sheets twice? Cringer in the streets. Battle cat Battle in the, cat sheets. the sheets. Yeah. All right, Stuart. Who would you be? Or do you want me to answer this first? No, I think I think I got this one. I mean, this is a tough question. I, you know, I think I got to be honest with myself, and I wanna. I think I want to be able to use my status as a member of Def Leppard to, you know, just kind of kind of help out charities and kind of promote my personal uh the things that i care about you know like general human rights issues and equality so i think there's only and like based on my personality i think there's only one member of Def leopard i could be and that's joe elliott (laughs) (laughs) really you don't think you could be sav i mean I'm just being honest and answering the question. He said I could be anybody, not including Joe Elliott. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'd be Joe Elliott. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd make a pretty good salve. Okay. Well, uh, we'll agree I've always to disagree. Th- I've always thought of you as the salve to my Joe Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. Well, sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes I think- you buy a cassette tape late at night. Um, <laughs> who do you think you are? I'm probably Joe Elliott, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's cool. I mean, how many Joes are in the band again? (laughs) No, I no. If I uh, if I if I'll take the uh, if I'll take the question seriously and not dismiss one of its main uh, parameters. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because because yeah, if it was open to anything, if it was open to anything, I'd probably have to be Joe. Like I don't know how I would. I don't know how I would do anything else, but yeah, I mean, unless like both of us went back in time, then like, I mean, only I could be Joe. So you'd have to be someone different. Right. Right. Except we don't know how time, we don't know how time travel works. So we might like get out, we might go back in time and end up in different timelines where we're, where we're both, we're like parallel Joe Elliott's and parallel timelines. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like uh, it's like some kind of weird cosmic game to see who's the better Joe Maybe Elliott. Yeah, who... everybody that goes back in time becomes Joe Elliott. What? <laughs> we would have time these little travel rules. <laughs> we could have these little moments where we'd meet up, and I and I'd see that you still went ahead and did slang, and I'd be like, ah, I'd make mm-hmm. fun of you. Anyway, yep. uh, so I think, and I actually, you know what? This one, even in even if Joe was included, this competes with Joe to me is Uh, Phil. Okay. Phil Collin. Because he's always looked great. He still still looks great. Mm 
which is amazing. Like he 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 looks incredible now. He, he even it's it's amazing. It's amazing what good shape he's in. How like positive he always seems. He seems like he's just got it all kind of figured out. Plus, here's the other big one. Aside from yeah. aside from just being a, an amazing, incredible guitar player that I'm very jealous of. The, here's the other thing. He uh, got to join the band while they were recording, what, uh, High and Dry or Pyromania, yep. right? I'm sorry. He joined after they had started writing Pyromania in the middle of, py- of recording Pyromania. My point, my point is... Phil didn't have to do the early days lugging equipment around, being your own roadie, being your own guitar tech. He, Phil joined a band that was huge. He got to appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that would be really fun. I think, well, depending on the music you were playing, and obviously yeah. he's playing really great music, but I think that would be really fun. That's pretty good. Now, Shar, this is a tough question, but which yeah. member of Def Leppard would you be if you went okay, back in time? Okay, so, so you know, in Def Leppard, we have uh, Joe Elliott, uh-huh. and then uh, Slag, I think he says. <laughs> Slag. James Phil, yeah. And then you, there was a Phil Collins. Yep, Phil um, Collins. And yeah. then... Well, Phil Collins, um, Phil Collins is plural, and Phil Collins is just one guy. Two Phil Collins. Okay, either of the Phil Collinses. Yep. And then um, I can also choose from the other guy. You could be Vivian Campbell. Yeah. Or well, you can't be Vivian also, Campbell in the eighties. You got to be okay. steaming. You yeah. got to be. I mean, everyone knows that. You got to be steaming. Steaming Steve Clark. Yeah. Phil Collins. Steve Clark. Rick Allen. Mm-hmm. Rick Sav Savage. But you can't That's be Joe Elliott. Slag. You want to be, you want to be Sav? Sav Savage. Sav is a very soulful dude. That's a good choice. That's a very, very good choice. I, that is the one that I choose. Or, okay. But actually, Joe Elliott. That's a good she, one, too. She makes a good point. That's a really, really good choice. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, well, that was a really challenging question. Thank you. Is That, that was all of our questions, right? There are two? I don't have them. all right well maybe maybe there's more and we'll get and we'll get to them in a later episode but again send your advice questions to um and this segment didn't i have a name for this segment oh it was take my advice (laughs) from uh personal property you better hit the road jack uh that's that's our segment called uh take my advice and then um Real quick, real quick, because we we've gone super long here. Uh, Stuart, do you want to give us the uh, your rankings of the number eight songs on Def Leppard's first five albums? Okay. Track eights from we'll just we'll do this super quick. Track eights from Def Leppard's first five albums on On Through the Night. Track eight is Rocks Off. On High and Dry, track eight is. On Through the Night. On uh, Pyromania, track eight is Coming Under Fire. Oh, these are some deep cuts, actually. And then uh, on Hysteria, track eight is Don't Shoot Shotgun. And then, of course, Adrenalize, it's Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad. So, 
it, considering where the placement of the song, what it does for the album, and how badass of a banger it is, let's hear that. Let's hear those rankings. I think this one's pretty simple. I'm just going to go backwards. So number one would be "Have You Ever Need Someone So Bad." It's really just a classic. I think it's just a classic Def Leppard song. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, it's a great song. Uh, then I would go. Uh, what? Don't shoot shotgun. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then. Uh, what number three is uh, would be coming under fire? Yeah, I think that's a great a great tune. Uh, On through the night is solid. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, rocks off is all right. I think on through the night would be my least favorite, so I'll just work back from that. So on okay. th- on through the night's probably my least favorite of the songs available to me that are number eights. I'm gonna say that don't I'm gonna say don't shoot shotgun, followed by have you ever needed someone so bad. Followed by uh, Rocks Off, followed by um, Coming Under Fire, followed by On Through the Night. So those oh, okay. those are the official rankings. And then uh, you guys have a cocktail to pair with um, Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad? Oh, this is a good a good question, Char. Uh, I see you're, you just pulled up a recipe. Um, okay, yeah, let me just read this recipe. So it's, it's, it's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, uh, I think for this specific one, yeah, that cocktail pairs perfectly. This is the so official till t. This is the official teed up. Uh, yep. uh, for, cocktail pairing for so have bad. you ever needed someone so bad? When you put this song on your forty-five player, and you sit back, and kick your feet up, and have a cocktail to enjoy during it, here's what you drink. Yeah, this one's uh, this Char is bringing us this recipe. It's uh, it's a bottle of domestic beer and a shot of whiskey. Nice. <laughs> it's a good one. It's classic. All right. Uh, Stuart, where can people find you? People can find me at the Flophouse Podcast. It's a comedy podcast about bad movies. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at FlophouseCat. Um, and you can find me at Hinterlands Bar in Brooklyn, New York. Char, where can people find you? Uh, you can't find me. Nope. Um, <laughs> sure, you you can find me at Hinterlands Bar. Is this gonna? When's this coming out? What should I plug? Uh, it comes out. I think this this will be out next Thursday, so a week from tomorrow. So when? So it's the holiday season. So by the way, happy holidays, everybody. This is probably our only holiday episode. Well, we're going to have a Hinterlands Hanukkah party. Yep. But that's going to be on the 13th of December, so this might oh. come out after. Wait. No. Is that right? It won't. No, that's next yeah. Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. That's all right. And then after that, we got the Hinterlands Holiday Party at the bar on uh, the 16th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It'll this come comes out before, out before the 16th, yeah. The, the regular old Hinterlands Holiday Party. That yeah. should be fun. So if you're in Brooklyn, New York, head down to Hinterlands for the 16th. Holiday party. Uh, and then... And what about you, creep? <laughs> you don't want to find me. <laughs> you don't want to find me around somewhere. No, I. my name is Alex Smith. I'm Dr. Def. Um, I make music under the names Lydia Burrell, L-Y-D-I-A-B-U-R-R-E-L-L. 
and Howell Dottie, H-O-W-E-L-L-D-A-W-D-Y. You can find uh, albums by both of those artists that are both me uh, on Spotify and Amazon and iTunes and wherever you get your streams. Also, my Bandcamp page. I have lots of YouTube videos under the name of Howell Dottie. Uh, I also today just you got a wrote, new holiday album, right? I have a Christmas album. Uh, it's called A Howl Dottie Christmas. I wrote... Uh, I wrote nine original new Christmas tunes, and I'm offering it to people in the hopes that they will go over to my Patreon and subscribe over there. So it's a little treat. It's a little exclusive for my Patreon subscribers. So go over to patreon.com backslash howldotty, and you can get uh, you know an exclusive... Uh, uh, Christmas album that's just for supporters, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I might, uh, if if there's time, there probably isn't time because this has been a long episode, but I might stick a little taste of that on the end of this. Oh, a real treat for the uh, partners. Yeah, but uh, so shoot us any advice you want. Shoot us an email at tilldefdoaspaparty at gmail. There's two L's in till and two P's in party. Till de- at tilldef on uh, on Twitter. I'm at Lydia Burrell on Twitter, mainly, um, again, uh, like a woman's name. And, uh, and I think that's it. I think that's uh, everything we have to plug, right? I think so. Uh, All right. So, Happy thank holidays! You. Thank you! <laughs> Happy Hanukkah! Why save your kisses for a rainy day? Baby, let the moment take your heart away. Have you ever needed someone so bad? Yeah. Have you ever wanted someone you just couldn't have? Did you ever try so hard that your world just fell apart? Have you ever needed someone so bad?